I think I won't, it won't surprise you if I'll say that it's about the storytelling. Um, yeah. it's about, it's about coming up with at the end of the day, marketing is about how do you take what you have to offer the world and communicate it effectively to the right people in the right way. Welcome to 20 minute leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. Let's talk marketing and scaling. Meet Ari Applebaum, VP of Marketing at Audioburst. Ari scales Israeli startups globally through brand building. He has successfully positioned countless companies to succeed in crowded markets, land Fortune 500 customers, attract significant funding, and exit. He currently serves as VP of Marketing at Audioburst, the audio search and discovery platform. Before that, he was the head of communications and marketing analytics leader AppsFlyer, VP of Marketing at video platform Anyclip, and VP at leading tech PR firm Finn Partners. Ari Applebaum, thank you for joining me, 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. All the way from Jerusalem, you're talking to me now, uh, talking about PR and marketing and branding, uh, but all of those in the context of strategic thinking and not just about, you know, how to do the marketing and do the PR, but really when, why is it good for, what is it good for, and what is the right way to position yourself either in early stage or late stage to do this properly. And, and I think that there's so much to learn from your incredible experiences, either, you know, VP marketing at any clip to head of communications at AppsFlyer, an incredible company that I love today. Uh, you with audio burst and obviously audio is bursting uh, as we're seeing today. And we just it talked is. a little bit about clubhouse. So way too much for us to talk about. But before all that, we have to go all the way back to your high school days and you're building a wedding proposal website and you're building a video streaming platform. What, what was that about? <laughs> uh, as a high schooler, I to, to make ends meet, I uh, I had my own business. I was what they used to call a webmaster, and uh, it was cool. I did it in the basement and learned HTML and JavaScript. And uh, some of my first projects were pro bono, and then I started charging and making money. And uh, it was really interesting that I had a partner in Tel Aviv who had a graphic design studio. Together, we built a website for some uh, joint clients. And through Emblaze, I don't know if you remember them, in the 90s, they were a successful Israeli company. They gave us permission to use their product before it was uh, live, and it was the first video streaming solution. Um, so I believe I was the first one to create a website that had uh, streaming video without downloading any, um, you know, any software, which was cool. It worked, you know, what, when not is so this? great. What, what, what year 96 is this? 96 or so. Wow. Amazing. But, uh, but I realized it was cool, but I didn't know how big it was. So I didn't save anything. I have no proof. You'll have to take my word for it. I love it. So I, I'm definitely taking your word for it. Uh, and now there is proof. Now it's documented. So uh, Ari, uh, talk to me a little bit about your entrance to the world of, of, of strategic thinking behind this idea of brand. And how do you, you know, uh, you know, you create your brand in a way that is, you know, scalable um, and, you know, com- able to compete with what you called before, you know, the gorillas of the world. Uh, talk to me a little bit about brand and your, your you know, interaction with it. Yeah, so I, I find that a lot of Israeli startups are very focused on when they think of marketing, they think of um, tactics. And tactics are really important, especially when you're talking about growth. You have to build 
all the systems and the funnels and optimize. But too often, I find that uh, CEOs and VP marketings will jump straight into that without building a brand first. And of course, that's the foundation of any good marketing strategy. So when I work with startups, even early stage startups, even before there's a product, uh, I start working with them on positioning, on building a brand. Uh, that's your secret weapon. You know, when you have such a small uh, marketing budget, as most small startups do, and you're up against the, uh, up against the 800 pound, pound gorillas, your secret sauce and weapon is a really, really strong brand. And that means a story that you could tell that target audiences will find compelling and a narrative that everything will um, stream and flow through that is laser focused on what makes you different, what makes you unique and why people should should care about you. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. And so, uh, you know, speaking to a lot of the early stage startups that are starting today, you know, the focus initially is not necessarily on this brand and the marketing and PR. Also, because you just don't have the budget to go and be on the same vertical as a lot of these other big companies. So you have to be a little smarter than that. And you have to be both lean, but very strategic. So how do you find early stage startups should go about, you know, thinking how much time do I allocate to branding and PR? How much, you know, of my funding should I allocate to that? How do you even go about thinking about how to, you know, create this strategy behind it? So I don't think it has to always, time is a scarce resource, I agree. Uh, but I don't think you have to waste a lot or spend a lot of money on it at first, right? So it's about making the time to think about th these issues. I have a document that I share with founders where we work through just articulating your vision, your mission, your unique value proposition, you know, messaging matrix, a narrative framework. And those are things that you can do from the very beginning. They'll adapt as you go along. But um, I think that it's important to do that even before you launch your, your product, because it this mm -hmm. kind of thinking forces you to ask difficult questions that will affect your product strategy and your, your R&D. So right. it's not it's not like many founders think, okay, we'll develop the product and then marketing will come before sales right, once we're ready. But that's too late, especially for building right. a brand. The story has to come first. And in terms of a budget, I think, um, you know, as a marketer, I think it's important to, to devote a significant budget. But there's things you can do early on in terms of quick wins with the media and things like that, that that won't require an agency that obviously early stage startups can't afford. Right. Now, that makes a lot of sense. So, Ari, let, let's go back a little bit to your journey. Walk me through, uh, you know, your experiences and the different things that you've experienced in these different companies. And what I'd love to really do is, is you know, extract some of those nuggets through those experiences because you've held a bunch of different hats and in different positions and different stages of companies. And so I, I'd really love to hear some of those personal experiences and, and how you learned from those experiences and what I can extrapolate, you know, for myself as I'm going to go about building my own venture. Very cool. Okay. So my early days, I started out at, at a bunch of uh, PR firms, Ruder Finn, Finn Partners, Venture First, uh, small and big uh, PR firms. And really, my focus there was helping Israeli startups tell their story abroad, mostly in the US, a lot of brand development and a lot of uh, classic PR, media relations, analyst relations, things like that. Um, some of the lessons I learned there are what we just discussed earlier. It's, it's really, really important when the Israeli startups are up against the much, much bigger companies. Almost, I found from my, the beginning of my career that almost every Israeli startup is really good at what they do. Uh, but in terms of perceptions, um, they're up against companies that can outspend them 10 or 100 to 1 or 1,000 to 1. Um, right. So again, it goes back to, and, and I realized and I spent so much time on competitive analysis there. Um, 
and getting things right. And we had a, this was 15 years ago, we had a process called an idea lens, which was forcing you to look through a, uh, a lens and bring, bring um, you know, survey your customers, your partners, investors, uh, internally, externally, and sort of really analyze the different perceptions before you start. And once you're sitting on a pile of data, uh, you can really find interesting things and, and hone in on your, and, and again, that doesn't require a budget. You could do that yourself too. Um, so that was an interesting exercise, exercise and I, I learned the importance of that. Uh, it was also the early days of digital media. So we just started out with uh, building presence for our clients on uh, social media. And I was able to uh, see how that has evolved over the years. Um, then I moved in-house and um, started out at a nonprofit actually in Boston. Um, moved back to Israel and then went back into tech. And my positions were, as you said, Anyclip, uh, VP Marketing, Head of Comms at AppsFlyer, and now VP Marketing at uh, Audioburst. So some of my experiences, you know, at uh, at Anyclip, I was there for, for three years. And what was interesting there was um, the company had a bunch of pivots. And it was interesting to see how you maintain the brand, but also rebrand and adjust it as you um, as you evolve and your product strategy evolves and you go after different markets. markets. So that was interesting. And there was a lot of uh, work on the fly. Um, I also learned the importance of um, proper product, product launches. Some product launches were planned months in advance, six months in advance. Um, but actually, when we had a product that was really strategic and we decided to launch it in four to six weeks, uh, it was one of the most the biggest thrills. Um, Doing A to Z, all the material and the the uh, product strategy and the the PR plan and um, and then at the hit of a button, the exhilaration when you when you launch properly and everything, all the ducks um, are, are lined in a row and 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 you get it right. That's that's really great. So um, and and I'll tell you the truth. One of the products we did it wasn't actually a new product, right? It was some features that we we elevated and and uh, sort of wrapped uh, in a new. Uh, uh, new facade and and it worked and it will really so I, I do think that even when you don't have a new product there is a way to use the power of a strong launch to get some uh, good successes um, at apps flyer i was fortunate enough to be there um, when the company raised the the biggest round which turned them into a a um, unicorn uh, since then they're they're now a a double unicorn and um and it was really, really interesting to see the power of a well, um, well-run machine, and to be part of them, to run the the communications around that. Uh, a really global organization. So we had the PR come out um, in in probably fifteen different languages and uh, wow. in dozens of countries. And what I found was, can you, that, can you walk me through the strategy? Like how do you even think about? Okay, this is what's actually happening in terms of the company. So that you know, this we can look at it from the lenses of you know, there's we have you know hundreds of pages of contracts, which then you have to dilute to sort of this message. Like, what do we want the world to understand through this? Is it amount of money that is raised? Is it a new partnership that is formed? Is it the transition to a unicorn status? You know, at the end, what I'm constantly amazed about is that, you know, companies go through these, you know, months of preparation for a specific event, right? And then once that event happens, they, you know, media, what we see as, you know, consumers or as viewers, we see the, the headline, the gist of it. And I always think how much thought actually goes into this gist that is being that is being written there. And so I would love to hear from you a little bit. How do you strategically think about, okay, what do we actually want to portray to the world? 
Yeah, so you're right. A lot of thought goes into that. And um, I, I, because I'm, I'm no longer there, I don't want to give the specifics of, you know, the thought process that went on there. But um, it does require, uh, especially at a, a company that has, you know, an 80-person marketing team and uh, a yeah, thousand employees, it requires a lot of um, hands on deck. The CEO mm -hmm. it, with something big like that is always involved and always has his vision of, of what he wants. Um, and at the end of the day, you're exactly right. You have to come up with three messages, no, no more, that you want to resonate in the press release, in the pitches, in the uh, material, you know, on your website, and and also talking points which you create for the uh, employees and for the leadership to 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 use. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you choose one main one, and then you know maybe three others, um, and and everything needs to speak the same language. Everything has to go through the same. Uh, prism again. So I agree with you that that's important. The process is a lot of discussions. It's a lot of give and take um, and conversations. And it's interesting that um, some companies do focus, you know, I, I've, I've followed over the last year, a, a lot of startups, Israeli startups that turned into unicorns. A lot of them are focused on the, we are now a unicorn. Uh, actually at AppsFlyer, uh, the company took a different, a different approach. That wasn't the uh, the focus of the release that, that there was relationships made, there was the leadership, the market leadership. Um, you know, when there's so many unicorns, I think just four or five in Israel in the last month, it, it, it's less rare and it's less the the news, maybe. I, I, I think that one thing that amazes me constantly through this show is understanding how complicated, you know, every little bit is. And I think that at the end, you know, it, it's more about giving respect to the complexity of this well-oiled machine, right? That it's not just happenstance, you know, things happen for a reason. And, you know, people put a lot of thought into, you know, everything that we see. And, and so I'm inspired by, you know, and, and I'm humbled by, you know, how much complexity there is and how much there is still to, to uncover. Why are you so excited about this world of marketing and PR and branding? Well, what really gets you going about it? I think I won't, it won't surprise you if I'll say that it's about the storytelling. Um, yeah. it's about, it's about coming up with at the end of the day, marketing is about how do you take what you have to offer the world and communicate it effectively to the right people in the right way. Um, and a lot of that is, is, is the story. Now it's usually words, uh, but also of course, uh, increasingly visual storytelling images right. and, uh, video and audio now. Right. So. I love the idea of, again, creating a, a really compelling story that you see resonates and moves people. And it's not intellectual. You have to, again, a lot of Israelis, I think founders are very intellectual and they think a lot about the messages and what will convince. But really convincing is not about um, making the right argument. It's about um, giving people something to believe in, to connect with. Uh, like Simon uh, Sinek says, the, the, you know, starting with the why. Let, it, let people connect to the why, to the vision, to what moves you, and that will move them. So I think appealing to people, compelling them, moving them to act, um, and then finding all these different channels and ways and modalities to, to do that is what keeps me interested in, in marketing. I love it. So today you're a VP of marketing at Audio Burst. And uh, like we said before, audio is literally bursting uh, in this world. And you've yeah. chosen to take on this challenge. Uh, the world is changing dramatically. It's changed. It's been changing over the past few years. Uh, it's changed uh, last week with the, uh, you know, the boom of Clubhouse and people understanding that audio is becoming a more and more relevant part of our lives uh, and is integrated 
basically into anything. And you're now a part of this fantastic marketplace, which lets creators, uh, you know, leverage the use of, of audio around them. So tell me a little bit about Audio Burst. And I'd love to hear a little bit about the challenges that you're tackling as VP of marketing at Audio Burst. And I'm sure that there are a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. So I joined Audio Burst three months ago because I'm super excited about the space of, as you said, of audio. There's so much interesting things happening. And um, we're a search, we're the audio search and delivery platform. Um, and from the early days, five years ago, before people were really listening to podcasts as a mainstream activity, uh, the founders of Audio Burst, who are very accomplished, uh, seasoned entrepreneurs, um, they realized that the world was going in this direction. And the vision has been from day one to organize the world's audio content and make it accessible to users anywhere and everywhere, just like you know Google does for information for audio content. And really, discoverability uh, remains the big the big issue. Um, how do you find the right audio content? How do you discover it? How do you personalize it to users? And we've taken that on, and the, the platform is really, really sophisticated. It uses AI to um, analyze and, and make uh, content accessible. We're B2B, so we work with platforms that want to um, integrate this next-gen listening experience to their products. And you asked me about my marketing challenges, and really, it's it's building the brand, and it's educating the market because uh, we've sort of... we've while we uh, we've come to expect from video uh, like a Netflix type of uh, experience, which is very personalized and very sophisticated, people have sort of they've come to uh, realize that they have to search through all these you know million seven hundred thousand podcasts for the the one that's right for them and listen to right. a forty five minute podcast to see if it's interesting. And we're trying to break that. We're trying to say no. There's a new way to do it, and it's for short form audio. But that's a lot for me to do as a marketer. I need to educate the market about this totally new way to consume audio content. So that excites me. And what preparation do you do for that? So first of all, obviously you're you you you're buying into this idea, but then how do you go ahead and you know strategically think back and say, okay, so I bought into this. Now how do I get billions of people to buy into this as well? It's a good question. I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm having conversations with with experts with experts with. Uh, with people within the voice and audio industry, um, because I'm new to it, so I, I'm humble and I understand that I have a lot to learn myself. And then I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening to people who don't understand what Audioverse does, and I I document their questions and I I try mm. explaining it in different ways, and then seeing if it works or not. And oftentimes, you think you explain something well, but then by the answer, you by the quest the follow up question, you understand that they still don't understand what you do. Um, so I'm on this quest to find the shortest, you know, most concise and most effective way to explain not just what we do, but why um, this answer is a critical need. Uh, and once I figure it out, I'm gonna I'll let you know. I love that, Ari. Tell me a little bit about you know what key pieces of advice you would give to early stage founders. Let's say we're talking to now a pre-series A founders that you know are are thinking critically about how to position themselves in the market, what types of things they want the average person on the street to know about them. Um, one of the key things that I've set out for myself and whatever venture I'll do later in my life is I want to work on something that if somebody stops me on the street after the second sentence of me explaining what I do, they're saying I want in either as a consumer, investor, you know, partner, whatever. But but how do you you know go about what what piece of advice would you say to somebody like me or or any of my friends that are thinking through this now? So I think your advice is great. Uh, find a way to get people to want to connect, and that goes back to the starting with why. Not mm -hmm. don't focus so much on the how and the what, but why is what you're doing important? If if people don't relate to the why, then maybe you're not doing something big enough or important enough. 
Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, I think seek out mentors, as many as possible, people who are experienced, people are extremely generous with their, with their time. Um, and I, I see how much value it gives to early stage entrepreneurs just to have somebody experienced to have these discussions with and share docs with. I try to give back as much as I can um, to the community. Um, with the little time I have, I, I, I mentor uh, startups at Mass Challenge and at Flow and at Jerusalem College of Technology um, and Palestinian um, internships, uh, sorry, Palestinian uh, mentorship program, which is a new program. So I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to give back, um, especially as they start their, and continue their, their careers. Uh, but definitely for the founders to seek out as many mentors as they can from diverse with diverse skill sets and experiences uh, from the very beginning. I love that. Ari, thank you so much for coming here and for sharing with me your insights and your experience. Uh, 20 minutes go yeah. by way, way. It, it goes by way, way it too felt fast. like five. Uh, but exactly. It felt like three to me. Uh, but Ari, the most important question is still ahead of us. Uh, Three words that you would use to describe yourself. Uh, obviously, I didn't give you enough uh, time to think about this, but I still have to know, uh, you know, on the top of your mind, what are three things that you think that other people would would say Ari is? Uh, it's a tough question. I hope they would say um, values driven. I don't know if that's one word or two. Yeah, uh, there's a hyphen in there. There's a hyphen. Uh, hardworking mm-hmm. and uh, creative. Knowledge driven, hardworking, and creative. Ari, thank you very, very much. Uh, I look so forward much. to seeing uh, more about Audio Burst and learning more from you. Uh, and stay safe and stay healthy. You too. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.